1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. Thank you for joining us today. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, the Get Home Safe podcast. Thank you guys uh, for all the support. We are doing things a little different today. We are recording in the morning of the day that we're releasing the episode, which is kind of what we started when we began this whole uh, podcast journey of ours. But what I started to do later on was record the day before and just post it or publish it later, schedule it. But with this new job I'm in, we've had to make some adjustments. I work uh, afternoons into the evening, so it's a little difficult to record uh. In the evening time. Uh, so th- you're going to see more and more of this. And I know for you early risers, I do apologize that we don't have that early morning listening uh, for you as much, but stay tuned because there will be days where we release episodes at 5. AM, like we have been doing. Uh, but today's episode getting released just before noon on Tuesday. And uh, the interview we did actually was actually done this morning as well. So that's kind of giving you guys an idea of the timeframe, how things are operating on the Get Home Safe podcast. Uh, We've been a five day a week show. That may change. I've told you that many times. I'm just going to constantly remind you guys that uh, stay updated with our social media platforms and scheduling and all those different things uh, that we'll be getting into. Uh, Today on the program, we're going to be joined by Taylor Dinius. Taylor is a uh, equipment manager at Mount Sac Mount San Antonio college. He's been doing it a while. Uh, he's a former player of mine when he was in eighth grade and I was just starting out kind of coaching and learning how to uh, do, do things outside of playing uh, sports. Uh, his class was the first group of guys I worked with and just uh, some great memories that we're going to talk, talk about. Taylor has two older brothers who played at Rio Hondo prep as well. Uh, between them, they've, they've all uh, won Seth. His oldest brother won three titles. Uh, his, his, Middle brother, uh, Jason Denius, won two titles. And then uh, Taylor himself was on the 2005 championship team, the first 11-man team in, in, in uh CIF championship team in Rio Hondo history. You've heard a lot of people talk from that uh, team, but you're going to get the perspective from Taylor Dineas, who was a sophomore on that team. And we're going to talk a lot about his time in Rio, but also his current job and what he's up to, working at Mount SAC for a great football program there, uh, nationally known what community college football is kind of like, and, and uh, also some things he does outside of sports. Uh, he kind of helps uh, do some commercials and some technical advising on some equipment and things in uh, some commercials, some Hollywood stuff. So there's a lot to talk about with Taylor. Looking forward to you guys hearing this. And thank you for joining us today to uh, listen to Taylor Denius. Uh It was great catching up with him. I've I've officiated games where – I've been on the field and he's on the field as a, you know, working equipment manager stuff and, you know, baking helmets available and all kinds of different things for his players. Uh, And we always cross paths. Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, good to see you. Hey, how's it been? You know, but we never had a chance to really sit down and chat. So great time catching up with Taylor. I think uh, a great uh, way to get our Tuesday going here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, a few things first. First off. Uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won the Stanley Cup final on Monday night, beating the Dallas Stars four games to two by a score of two to nothing. A uh, big win for them. And and you know what? A, a, uh, a first champion, really, of 2020, outside of you know, the Chiefs in, the, um, in February, of course. But as far as this upcoming year, uh, the hockey, they did it. They did a great job uh, having the bubble for, for quite some time or the multiple bubbles there in the two different venues. And just really happy to see that hockey was able to, uh, to pull it off uh, in moving forward. And the NBA looks like they're going to be following here shortly uh, their lead as far as the NBA finals starting on Wednesday. And of course today, Tuesday major league baseball four games uh, four base playoff games starting. Um, those four matchups are the Astros and the Twins. I think uh, they're they're warming up currently, and I think they're getting the trash cans ready there for the uh, Houston Astros here in the postseason. Uh, the Chicago White Sox and Oakland A's, they play at noon our time. The Blue Jays and the Rays. So the Jays versus the Rays in the uh, afternoon slate here. Uh, and then the Yankees-Indians later today. Those are the four games scheduled. I think it's anybody's World Series to win. It's going to be four Games today, eight tomorrow, and uh, it's just a crazy time with baseball. You're going to get your fill of it for sure. So lots to watch. uh, But again, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning and their uh, Stanley Cup final win. Not really a hockey city, you think of right? Tampa Bay of all places, kind of a place you retire, I guess. But uh, you know, the Rays have had some success there, and the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup final. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, awesome to see a, a champion crowned in this crazy world of 2020 we've been in since there's been a lockdown and all these other things. It's the first time we've uh, we've seen a champion. So pretty cool stuff. More to follow. The NBA will crown a champion here very soon. The Lakers and the Miami Heat begin on Wednesday, and of course, I just mentioned a lot of the um, Major League Baseball games that are starting back up uh, or that will be going moving forward here. So if you're a sports fan, man, you guys got a lot of options and I hope you pace yourself. Uh, I started my job where I'm working afternoons into the evening and I got home late last night and I had recorded the Monday night football game and you know, it's, it's pretty hard. (laughs) It's pretty hard to uh, in today's age with your phone and everything you look down at your phone and you like get these updates, and I got to be careful with what I have for my updates and everything because I, I tell you, I <laughs> I could look down real easily and see a score pop up from a game I'm recording. So it's not easy, I'll say that in trying to look later at uh, some games and things. Uh, but I did make it home last night. I, I watched the game pretty late at night, and uh, man, what can you say about the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid? Just they—they're just a, a, the next level of above everyone else. They're just incredible, and their play designs, uh, all the all the different things. And I'll get to say about the Ravens is they're a very good team. They're well coached. Um, they're going to be in a tough race there in their division. I think Pittsburgh's playing really well. Uh, Lamar Jackson is unbelievable. I just I I told you guys this before, but I'm so skeptical about quarterbacks running all the time. I, I mean, it's just there was a few times late in the game last night where he tried to like escape. And I think he took back to back sacks and it's not to say that mobile quarterbacks don't take sacks or immobile quarterbacks don't have sacks either. But I just think that sometimes the Ravens depend on, on the the running ability of Mr. Lamar Jackson too much. And uh, he can throw the ball really well. He's improved greatly as a passer, but he likes throwing to his tight ends. And uh, I don't know, man, I just think, you got to be careful in today's age, the more hits you take, even if it's just, you're not hit very hard, but just you getting taken to the ground. Um, now that said, you just live by the sword, die by the sword. I, I get, I totally get the whole, um, uh, making things happen and making plays. And it's a new age in the NFL. Uh, but man, you got to be careful running the football in the NFL because all it takes is one ankle tweak or one, uh, push out of bounds, whatever the case is. So, uh, I know it's it's a evolving evolution of of the game of football, but in the NFL, I just think it it may not be sustainable. I, I really don't. I really don't know. So that said, it's not like Lamar Jackson can't pass. He's a very good passer. Uh, but when you compare the two, Mahomes and and um, Lamar Jackson, man, it's night and day. But you can honestly say that with Mahomes and anybody. Any, I mean, Mahomes is just next level. He's he's going to be around a long time, and um, I think he'll set every record there is, and, and probably have a few more. Super Bowl titles in his future. So that was fun. Finished that game pretty late at night and got to bed and said, well, let's do an interview uh, in the next morning. And that's when uh, Taylor and I kind of did our interview today. Um, But something else I started up again recently was my ride share driving for years. I was a Uber Lyft driver. That's what I did full time. And I obviously did that until my uh, baseball season started college baseball for four months was kind of my priority then. When I was officiating football and basketball, it was on a bad gig. It was kind of cool, but that's exactly what rideshare driving is. It's a gig. It's tough to do it for you know full time, but I was trying to for a while. Uh, but one thing, you know, not to get into politics and everything, but not you know something about uh, rideshare driving is, is the wonderful state of California. They they like to change everything. They try to put their hand in everything, and they try to take something that is a gig the gig economy, much like a, a musical performer showing up and, and playing a gig at a local business or whatever. Um, California wants to like make gig workers like full-time employees and everything. And that that's just, that's not why you do gigs. That's not why people drive for Uber. All right. I talk to a lot of Uber drivers. I'm on all the Uber driver uh, forums and everything. Uber and Lyft drivers want their freedom. They don't want to be told when to drive, how, how little, uh, you know, a minimum amount to drive. They, 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 don't, most drivers have their own jobs. And to the people that don't have other jobs, kind of like I did, if you think Uber is going to make you rich or something, you are, you, you're, you're, you you really got to get your head checked because Uber is, is a gig. It's part, it's like, it's not even part-time work. It's just it's whenever you can fit it in, people do it to make a little extra money. I currently use it on my way to work. One of the great features with Uber and Lyft is that you can put it on destination mode. I put destination mode on my uh, work site and I leave a couple hours early and I may not get any rides, but any rides that I am sent are rides generally in that direction. So I try to make 20 bucks or something on my way to work. All right, but there's this push, uh, you know, last year specifically about, you know, Uber and Lyft drivers, we want rights and this, and it's like, dude, what, I don't understand when you sign up for something, you know, what you're getting into, you know, that you're not making much money at it. You know what, what the working conditions are. And then you try to like change it and be like, I deserve better. It's like, no, one's making you be an Uber driver. Anyway, I'm rambling here, but I started it up yesterday and, and going back into the apps and everything. Because I've been you know on un- unemployment for all these months, and and plus it was you know not in the best interest really to drive uh, at the time. So I jumped back into it, and I had to check all these boxes, show I'm wearing a mask when I drive, and confirm I clean my car, and all these different things. Uh, but one big thing on there is the ballot, is on this upcoming ballot is Prop 22. And for those of you who aren't Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, I always say Uber, but it's basically... Uh, the the prop really is it's keeping rideshare drivers as independent contractors. Okay. It's, it's make, it's continuing to keep, uh, freedom. Most drivers want freedom. They don't want to be told what to do. You want to work whenever you want to work. All right. And why California tries to put their hands in these things and like control everything. Um, You know, I've looked up a few different things. I mean, more than 80% of drivers work less than 20 hours a week, have other jobs and responsibilities and can't work set shifts as employees. So if you try to make Uber and Lyft drivers employees, a lot's going to change. And for those who take Uber and Lyft, which is most of you, I'm assuming, um, that's going to change severely if Prop 22 does not pass because there won't be enough drivers to go around. People aren't going to want to do it. They're not going to be able to. All right, Lyft and Uber driving is supplemental income. For a while, it was my only income, and I'm very happy that's what I had. All right, but it's supplemental income. It's it's extra money. It's money you put aside for Christmas. Okay, it's money you put aside for, uh, you know, emergency funds or something. So. Maybe you hear people say, no, on 22, it's not going to ta- take away our rights as, as uh, full-time employees, and it's just not true. Driving for most people is about flexibility, all right? Being able to go to your kids' events, not having to be locked down to one set time. For me, it was great because as a baseball umpire and at, you know, college baseball, I had to be available, at two, three, six o'clock, whenever it was, whenever games were played. And so I would just drive in the mornings or I drive after my games. All right. But Prop 22 wants to make rideshare drivers independent con- or not independent contracts, make you full time employees. And that's going to cut drivers uh, significantly. And uh, that, that's just not a good thing. I mean, drivers, the number one thing with most of us is you want flexibility, ability to work when you want. So there are some new benefits and things and protections for the drivers, for uh, drivers in moving forward, some of the challenges that kind of were compromised and everything. But anyway, I encourage you guys to don't just, you know, scroll over Prop 22, read it for yourself, see what makes sense to you guys. But as a, as a driver, and when I started this podcast, it was really me waiting around in my car for rides as a Uber Lyft driver. I was really you know i love the flexibility and and that's huge and that's kind of when things started to go south as far as no it's got it you got to have uh, full-time employees and and whatever uh but for me uh it was it was nice and that that's really a tribute to part of the name of this podcast is get home safe because we're all you know yeah it's a it's a umpiring baseball okay get around home get around third home safe right but it's also for the uh, the ride share business and, and hey get home safe everyone wants to get home safe no matter what they're doing right Anyway, I'm rambling away here. I just wanted you guys some some input there. And not having driven in months and then jumping back into it, it was funny. (laughs) I did like three or four rides yesterday and not much has changed. Some people just totally lack self-awareness. They get in the car, jump on their phone, start talking about some just inappropriate things. You're just like, I've never met you, man. And you're talking about your uh, legal situation to whoever your lawyer on the phone and stuff. And it's like, Oh, it's funny. It's very funny. Uh, some people are not polite. Many people are. Uh, but it was fun jumping back on the saddle really to uh, dive back into, to Uber and Lyft driving. And I'm not going to do a bunch of it, but I am going to do it just on the way to work, make a few dollars there, make a few dollars on the way home after work. That's kind of how I use it, how I know a lot of other people use it as well. So uh, and, and most people I'm assuming have taken an Uber or Lyft before you, you know about these experiences. And I promise you, I'll, I'll chat a little bit more about my experiences and how, uh, you know, with different things. I wish we could rate people in life. You ever come across people and you're like, uh, after an Uber ride, I rate the passenger, the passenger rates me. I wish we could rate people that we cross, come cross uh pass with in life. Someone in the grocery store line, someone in the, uh, at work. I'm like, Oh, you're, you're two stars. Oh, you're amazing. You're five stars. You know, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just rambling away. Those are some, uh, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday morning uh, thoughts today on, on rideshare driving. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our interview with Mr. Taylor Dinius. It was a great time catching up with him. I know you guys have uh, busy lives out there as well. You don't want to hear me ramble away too much. Um, but, uh, thank you for joining us today. It is we're recording about 11 o'clock or so here on Tuesday morning, and we'll get this episode out very shortly. And, um, you know, I hope you guys will tune in. Uh, those who listen early in the morning generally, I hope you guys get a chance to either listen to this today or save it for tomorrow morning uh, when you guys are getting up on the way to work or whenever. So let's take a break. Then we'll get right to our interview with Mr. Taylor Dinius. <laughs> Okay, joining us today on the program is Taylor Dinius. Taylor Dinius is a member of the class of 2008 from Rio Hondo Prep, and in eighth grade is when our paths crossed. Uh, I actually was a freshman in college. Taylor was in eighth grade. I had the opportunity to coach his class my first year of working with junior high kids, and it was a really good time. Some great memories there. Taylor Dinius is a proud member of the Denius family of the Denius brothers uh, have multiple championships uh, on Rio Hondo football team. So we'll get into all that talk about his days playing football, his brothers playing football. Uh, But today we're also going to discuss Taylor's current job as an equipment manager at Mount San Antonio college, also known as Mount Sac in Walnut, California, Uh, and just get into kind of what all that entails. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to catching up with Taylor Mr. Taylor Dinius, welcome to the program. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Man, great stuff. It's uh, good to see you. It's been a long time. Usually when I see you, uh, I'm wearing a, a weird-looking striped shirt, and you are in that Mount SAC uh, polo uh, working with equipment and everything. So it's nice just to us have a conversation and not have to go about our, our duties during a college football game.
0: Definitely. It's, a, it's always good to hear a or see a familiar face uh at those games and yes tensions are usually kind of high when we uh when we meet up
1: <laughs> i did forget to mention that but taylor and i i, I was officiating college football uh, junior college football in california here and uh, i had a few mount SAC games and i would uh i'd look and be like taylor denius and you'd be like what matt Hurstman?" and so it was just funny that uh what started with him in eighth grade when I was, you know, a freshman in college and then grew into this, hey, we see each other at football games thing. Do you remember the first time we kind of saw each other at a, at a Mount Sat game? Were you, were you surprised that you happened to know one of the referees? I,
0: I was. And I, I mean, I knew you were into uh, baseball, but I didn't know you were doing JUCO games. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I was more surprised to see you or you were more surprised to see me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I knew uh, you would excel at whatever you ended up doing, Taylor, like m- many of your classmates. Um, I mean, tr- I'm trying to think where we start here. Let's, let's uh, let's try to go back to the beginning. Uh, we'll get into all these different things, but as far as your involvement in care youth league, um, I know you had two brothers, Seth and Jason who were in care youth league and went to real hondo prep uh, Two great football players at, at Rio. Uh, and we'll get into that, uh, Rio in just a second, but tell me about your care youth league days. Did you get started, uh, just because your brothers were in and and they had a pretty big head start on you. Right. So what was that like kind of being a young kid in care youth league?
0: Yeah. So, um, Seth is 10 years older than me. So by the time both Seth and Jason were starting care and Rio, I was, um, I was a, a, a toddler, so I, I kind of grew up around Care Youth League even before I could participate. Um so there was never a question of um when I would start care. It was or if I would start care, it was when. Um <laughs> so yeah, just being a kid running around for uh for all varsity games, basketball games, I was I was around a lot and then uh ended up going to Pearl starting in first grade and then uh, continued on to
1: Rhea. So so not a lot of guys had your uh you, you know you have some brothers that are a little closer than age. Uh usually and, and yours your oldest was 8 or 10 years older than you. Your other brother was 8 years older than you. So a pretty big gap. And when you were a kid, uh, first grade, second grade, uh you're in Pearl Prep and did did your brothers at a very young age kind of encourage you to kind of uh, continue the family success. I mean, you're, you're all Indian guys wearing that Denius Jersey uh, as a young kid. And, And I'm sure were you playing for the same coaches they played for? Tell me about your early days, uh, playing ball.
0: Um, I, I think we did share a couple, you know, Dave Carson, uh, both, both Steve and John Martin. Um, uh, Mr. Bill Lee was one of my coaches when I was, when I was young. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, being in care youth league while my brothers were in, were in Rio was, was pretty exciting. Cause you know, our coaches would, would take us to football games and I was going to be there either way, um, <laughs> with the family. Uh, so it was, uh, it was definitely fun to, to be a part of, um, Rio at that time, especially with their, you know, football success. And I don't, Again, I don't think it was a question of uh, if I played football at Rio or continued on the success. It was it was when I became uh, of age and and went to Rio and play.
1: Oh, that's that's great stuff. You mentioned a few coaches there in care. What what, what are some some because those are all uh, great men, but they're all very different. Dave Carson Jr., uh, Steve Martin, John Martin, uh, Bill Lee, of course. And from a young age, what can you remember about each of those guys and maybe kind of the differences uh in, in each of them as but but ultimately all really with the same goal in coaching uh young kids
0: i can i can remember all of them were extremely patient especially when um <laughs> when i when i talk about you know dave carson and um we were uh we weren't the most successful group of uh of, of kids we weren't like the cardinals we were uh we were a lower lower tier but um i i will say we went on more outings than any other team mr carson would take us up to mount care whenever we had a chance we went camping we did all kinds of stuff outside of just normal um, normal uh, Mount care camp um, so definitely the patience and then when i think of uh you know mr billy and uh, him picking me up as a, as a first grader in his little Toyota truck and going to practice. And um, those are all, all memories that are, are distant, distant, but they, uh, they definitely um, kind of um, inspired us to coach the way they did. I remember being a, a, a pretty patient coach when, once I started coaching at CARE.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. Very well said. Yeah. I, I remember my first couple days at care when I was second grade, which was, Oh man, uh, 20 something years ago. And, and, you know, it's just crazy that as a kid, you, you just remember things so clearly. It's, it's a, uh, it's an awesome time being around sports and, and team and, and just following in your brother's footsteps. I got to imagine was a lot of fun. Well, well, your two brothers, uh, Taylor Septinius, Incredible football player. He won three CIF championships at Real Hondo prep the last, uh, well, not for the last three, but uh, it was the eight man era there in in the late nineties where he uh, was on three amazing teams played as a sophomore was actually on the CIF runner up team as a freshman playing up, up uh, or playing with varsity. And they lost that game by two points and we don't need to go into the details. Why, but uh, you know, Seth Dinius, uh, Jason Ramos was on this program not too long ago. Another uh, great football player who who played same class, uh, started as freshman and then rolled into their sophomore year. I mean, you had to be loving watching your oldest brother play on some amazing teams with Jason Ramos, Jacob Blake. I mean, Sergio Villalobos, all those guys in that class. What are some of your memories of your oldest brother, Seth, being on three straight uh, CIF championship teams?
0: Um, yeah, as a as a kid and just you know running around the stands and underneath the bleachers that Field One, um, <laughs> uh, I just remember a, a lot of games were done by halftime. Yeah. They were uh, they were they were very very good teams, and uh, you know in the eight man days that uh, that tight end position would block a lot and get out and pull in front of uh, in front of Jacob Blake and. Um, but once we started 11, man, that was, uh, one of the passions of mine being able to pull at that right guard position for a power 31.
1: <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. Seth, Seth, was a monster. He was so big, uh, great hands as a tight end and, uh, it played some defense as well. Uh, to, so many names uh, from that time, that uh, just really stood out to me as a kid, watching those guys play as I was kind of in junior high at the time and just like, man, I, I want to do this someday. Well, uh, your other brother, Jason, actually played up in the playoffs as a sophomore, and he was able to be on a team with your brother, Seth. Uh, Seth's last CIF championship and, and Jason's first, really, because Jason did want win another one his senior year. Uh, is there a picture somewhere of of Jason and Seth kind of holding the trophy? I mean, two brothers winning, uh, being on the same team, that had to be pretty special for the family.
0: Oh, definitely. Um... Yeah, my dad was always uh, on the on the field filming and taking pictures. Show, so I'm sure deep in the uh, Dinius family <laughs> archives that uh, that picture exists.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Me and you guys, great family. You guys so so kind, and like I said, great football family. Yeah, I, I remember your dad walking around with a camera all the time. Uh, And and then Jason being on that as a sophomore, uh, 99, things didn't go well, but in 2000 Rio came back, won another CIF championship. And Jason was a a senior leader on that team. Uh, Did really, really well um, just playing ball, playing offense, playing defense, but also, you know, being, being a leader. And I got to kind of tag along with that group of guys as a sophomore and be a a tackling dummy in practice, especially for Jason (laughs) who blew me up a time or two in practice. (laughs) but anyway uh what are you two brothers up to now these days uh it's been a long time since high school but uh what are each of them doing uh doing these days
0: uh yeah so seth um has two kids and is a general manager at a a commercial plumbing company in burbank uh, called vhl and jason um just had a second second boy so um and lives up in San Francisco and is actually an athletic trainer for St. St. Ignatius up uh, there in the San Francisco area. Um, So they're both, both, both doing well.
1: Very cool. Oh man. That, that is awesome stuff. Glad to hear it. I I remember seeing Jason a few times when he was uh, working with uh, Cal Berkeley, I think uh, in their athletic training program. Uh, So yeah, that's awesome that he's up there in the Bay area and doing so well. A couple kids now between everyone in the Dinius family, that's got to make, make things fun uh uncle uncle taylor how's that ring sound that's a good ring to it
0: it's good apparently there's only uh you know there's already three uh three boys in the next generation and one girl so (laughs) we'll 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 see how many boys uh how many more boys we get here
1: (laughs) (laughs) well said well uh, my best to both of your brothers it's uh it's really cool Six CIF championships between the three of you seth with with three being the show off and then uh uh, Jason being on two teams, one of those being a team with Seth, and then you, of course, on the 2005 team that we've actually talked a lot about here on the program. We've talked with Will Tarico, Nick Gonzalez, of course, uh, Bill Lee, who you've mentioned, my brother Sam Hershman uh, multiple times, uh, Kevin's car. Let's see, Kevin's was Kevin's on the team. I'm trying to remember, I know no, he's your Kevin's class. wasn't. No, Kevin was not. Okay, he was, but it's yeah. your class. And so. Yeah. Uh, we we just we we'll talk we'll talk about that in a second your CIF championship there but but let's first ask about your eighth grade days uh, you know it's a fun time of life junior high you're excited about looking forward to high school but there's something special kind of about your eighth grade year and that year you go into eighth grade and you come across this guy Matt Hersima, who's a, a freshman in college and it was me Todd Carson I, uh, Bill Ritter I believe. Um, Dan Lawrence, a fun group of guys. I had a blast that year learning uh, about all the things that I did not know as a coach, like thinking you knew it all and then like, oh, you don't know anything. Uh, what can you tell me about that eighth grade year, Taylor, uh, and, and maybe some of your teammates, uh, Kevin Scarpio, Jeff Boyle, uh, you know, uh, Austin Napolitano. I mean, there's so many, too many to name. I don't want to leave any out, but just tell me overall about your eighth grade year.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of uh for a real prep class, we had a lot of uh of boys in that class. Um but we were very we were very diverse in our both in our athletic skill and our um just our demeanors. We were a wide range of uh, personalities um in that in that class. Uh so coming out of seventh grade year, we had Mr Mr. Randy Johnson as our coach and we figured he would Cruise with us to our eighth grade year um, but due to due to some things he had a go get an athletic training job at at oxy so um, we were kind of up in the air for a little bit and here comes uh, these two young guys, Bill Ritter <laughs> and Matt Hersema, um to uh, to <laughs> to guide our uh, our young class
1: <laughs> oh, you poor guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I, I, I will say we um for the summer though we did have Todd Carson uh, for that summer coaching us and um, I think I I think he guided most of us in our hatred for for baseball um, for sure. <laughs>
1: That's right. I forgot about so, this. <laughs> uh,
0: let's let's say so much to the point that our class was the first one to uh break away and start the uh, men's volleyball program at uh, at Rio because of our <laughs> hatred for
1: baseball. <laughs> No, if I remember, it's been a while, but if I remember correctly, you guys went to this like four week long, uh, Mickey Owen camp or something.
0: Mickey Owen baseball camp in, uh, in Branson, Missouri, or out in Missouri, traveled cross country, got there. Yeah. We were there for about a week and a half through 4th of July, just playing baseball.
1: Oh man.
0: Non-stop baseball.
1: (laughs) practice all day, play all night. touch just crazy, huh? Interesting. You know, I, I love my friend Todd, but he, we were his first class and he, he has some ideas. Let me tell you, he's very creative. They don't all go well though. I tease him all the time. Like, oh, this is a Todd Carson idea for sure. Uh, more often than not, he has great ideas that, that the kids enjoy. That's, I do remember you guys coming back and us kind of meeting you guys for the first time later that summer as we were going into the school year. And all you guys talked about was at Mickey Owens camp and how it,
0: it, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest experience while we we're in it, but looking back, man, it was, it, it was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great stuff. Well, uh, we was well, speaking, you know, we kind of did some other outings and things uh, with, with uh, you guys. And one of the things Todd liked to do is uh, ride the bikes to the beach and whether it be there and back, it was a pretty tough day, even for us college age kids. And Todd was always pushing guys, uh, not only the kids he coached, but the guys he coached with. So we we're riding our bikes to the beach and back. And I remember, I think when we were junior high, we rode all the way to San Diego. But uh, well, you showed up, Taylor, and you didn't happen to have a bicycle. And everyone else was riding bicycles, but you still wanted to be a part of the, the outing. And you brought your rollerblades. And that doesn't sound like such a bad idea. But when you're rollerblading 20 plus miles down to the beach, uh, it didn't have a pretty ending.
0: It, it, it did not. You know, um, I think I could have managed to get myself um, a bike. But I have never been uh, been the cyclist, um, even to this day my buddy is really into <laughs> cycling and it's I, I don't know if it's my short legs I don't know what it is, but it just is not um, it, it, it's not enjoyable for me so I um, greatly underestimated uh, thirty miles on rollerblades and um, I had the proof uh, to show it
1: oh man you I, I, I don't want to get like uh, you know talk like Biblical plagues and stuff. Uh, like you looked like you had boils on your feet. That was some of the worst blisters I've ever seen. I, I, it looked fake. It looked like there was a Hollywood uh, makeup studio came in and made your feet look like you've been walking through the desert for uh, a week or something. I mean, your feet looked absolutely shredded. And if you guys think about it, I mean, I don't know when the last time any of you guys listening put rollerblades on, but now try to imagine that doing that thirty miles. I mean. How far into the trip did you realize, uh, hey, my feet are hurting pretty bad? So, we, so, Yeah, so we were going all the
0: way to the, the end goal was Dana Point, um, which is quite a bit south. Oh, but yeah. mi- I, I would say midway, um, I was cruising with the middle of the pack for quite a while there. There was a, there was a slower pack on the bikes. And I was cru- <laughs> cruising, cruising for a while. And um, about midway down the bike path going towards Seal Beach, I you know, something wasn't feeling too right, so I I, I took my blades off. I, I took my socks off and I said, Oh, uh oh. Um I, I didn't really have a choice at that point. There was no real uh, no one was gonna come get me, so I just had to keep on trudging on, put my socks back on, strapped up the blades and continue on and I got um, about to uh the jack in the box on PCH in Bolsa Chica. I made it <laughs> I made it there and um and you you of all people actually showed up to save me uh and drive me the rest of the way
1: that's right i think i had school or something yeah. where i couldn't you know conveniently i couldn't i couldn't partake in the in the bike ride uh, todd carson i had a morning class <laughs> but i drove down to meet you guys yeah and i do remember that picking you up and they're like yeah taylor rollerbladed i'm like what what do you guys? yeah he's gotta go back what are you yeah, talking about of,
0: of course in uh todd carson fashion um we had a baseball game the next day so uh <laughs> So so, yeah. After uh, for most of the guys, after a 50 mile uh, bike trip, we got back and uh, my parents were there to watch the game. And they said, "Why why aren't you playing?" Oh well, I got a got a slight slight issue here.
1: (laughs) Slight issue indeed. I thought about that with some of the scheduling, but he liked to keep the boys busy. And again, more often than not, it was it was good stuff. Yeah, that was funny times. One of my memories. From that year was just Yeah. Taylor's rollerblading incident. Uh, well, Taylor, what about some sports stuff? Uh, you know, football obviously is, uh, is the, is the greatest sport of all time and everything. But uh, what were your, you guys had a fun team there in eighth grade. I mean, we had some success. You, I think we snuck in the playoffs. We ended up upsetting a team or something and then uh, made it to the championship game. Danny Castro. That's who was on the program uh, not too long ago. And, uh, yeah, Danny, that was a tough ending to that season, but what what are your thoughts on the kind of playing football in eighth grade getting really a a true taste of Rio football?
0: Um, I, I will say we won the, we won the championship the year before our seventh grade year. And then, uh, you know, going to the eighth grade year, it was, it was just us. Um, Danny was quarterback and, (laughs) you know, we, we beat a very, very good Santa Ana team during the season. And, um, uh, it was it was it was a good game then come playoff time and championship time uh, we ended up seeing them again, and they had our number and <laughs> they 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 showed us um, um so yeah that game did not end uh, gracefully with uh with danny uh sh- shattering his ankle but uh but <laughs>
1: Poor guy. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, we we had beat them a few weeks before. And then yeah, they they just destroyed us. We weren't ready and yeah. they made some adjustments. But that's life. That's football, man. And it's definitely an eye-opening experience to me. Being like, hey, just cause something worked a few weeks ago doesn't mean it's gonna work again. You got to be prepared. So that was a very big lesson to me as a coach. Um, and you guys were such a fun class. Austin De I mentioned Jeff Boyle, Alex McNeese, uh, Trevor Finchamp, Danny Castro, Kevin Scarpia. I'm just rattling off some names here. Uh, ben Kamel. I mean a great group any any specific memories from that group of guys in your junior high days so
0: so um i i 'll talk about basketball a little bit so um there was a um, there was an a team a b team and uh there was some of us on that on that a team that probably didn 't belong on the a team um, <laughs> there, i can 't remember I think jeff might have been uh on that team but we're going to have, we're going to host this. It might've been a Christmas tournament for basketball. And, um, you know, we weren't playing very much. So Bill had the, the great idea. He's all, let me, let me get, you know, all the, all the third stringers off that, uh, off that a team and let's put, put our own team together. So there was like three or four of us and he, (laughs) he ended up going to the sixth grade, uh, class grabbed Eddie drain and JT Parker threw them on the team and uh put us in the tournament he rustled up some old laker jerseys that was that were back in like a, sh- a shed of in the back 40s somewhere um with the you know the thigh high shorts and uh we we went we went to town we tried our best
1: <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah bill ritter was the basketball guy yeah that's that's, that's right i do remember you the lakers the, the, yeah <laughs> oh wow <laughs> That is so funny. Oh, uh, baseball! Well, we've already talked about that. We don't, we don't want to scar you anymore for life for your thoughts on baseball. But you, you, anyway, a fun year, Taylor. Very so much fun. Um, you guys were, you guys were eighth grade boys. That's all I could say. You guys were were fun. Uh, I do remember kind of a keychain incident. Some somehow I had, I had a, a keychain or something, and I don't remember what all happened. I do remember though that. Uh, you got to be careful what you have around uh, the kids you're coaching because they just might grab it and uh, destroy it <laughs> if you're not careful. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and I wish I could say that it ended when I was a middle school kid, but it did not. I like to, uh, I like to fidget with things, and <laughs> oftentimes I I push them to the brink of breaking them, and this one day, uh, you know, Coach Herson, keys are sitting on the bench, and I start, you know, I grab them, start messing with them a little bit, and... He had a, a very nice Twin Towers Memorial keychain on that. Twin Towers, American flag on the top. Well, got a, got a little, little bit too strong with it, and I ended up breaking the flag off the top. And if there's anything that we knew about Coach Hersema, it's he's a very, very patriotic uh, patriotic man. <laughs> um, so very, very quietly, I go up to him like, hey, Coach, um, I, I, I accidentally broke your flag. And uh, I I I remember your face too. You were in shock. You you looked at me and said, "Taylor, what 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 happened?" Um, you, you you said a couple other things, and you yelled that I was a communist and walked away uh, walked away and continued on uh, continued on with practice. Um, but that definitely stuck in my head for uh, <laughs> always I, be a story I remember.
1: Oh my lord! I hey I, I well I. I apologize for, <laughs> for probably overreacting and and yes I used to I I
0: I really thought it was justified when I was a, when I was a kid too I was like yeah, I just I completely deserve that.
1: Oh my goodness. I I, I did throw that word around quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> but, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's so funny. I'll laugh about that all day today. Uh yeah, I really liked that keychain, Taylor. That was like sacred sacred for me oh well I'll I'll find another one <laughs> funny stuff well well, you get through eighth grade despite uh, in spite of having uh, you know coach Matt and coach Bill and uh, tell me about your high school days Taylor what was the experience at Rio Hondo prep what was it like for you and, and did your brothers kind of give you a heads up like hey high school is a little different uh, there's a lot ex- expected of you uh, was it kind of what you expected in going in and uh, kind of what was your overall experience
0: um definitely i mean i knew there would be a lot of um, a lot of discipline there and um change our mindset on some things you know when i was a when i was a kid my uh you know my brothers especially the oldest uh got into his uh fair share of um, uh, of uh trouble should i say at uh, at rio so i was um in Luckily, um, I'm personally a little, my personality is a little bit, a little bit different than <laughs> Seth's. So I'm a little less uh, hotheaded. So I was able to duck and dive through uh real high school um, unscathed, let's say.
1: <laughs> it's a different experience for sure. I mean, people uh, who don't know about it, you try to explain it to them and it's, it's difficult, but real Honda prep has a, you know, very high standard for their students. Uh, they, they want you to succeed and, you know, kind of have your uh, hand in everything, whether it be sports or music and obviously education, all these different things. So they just want you to stay uh, real busy. And yeah, there's some policies here and there that you look back on. You're like, "Ah," but, you know, I think overall, uh, Rio seems to have the, uh, you know, our best interests at heart, at least for my thought.
0: Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. my, um, people look at um me and my brothers and kind of asked my parents well how you know how'd you raise them like what uh you know what what techniques how you know how'd you go about it and they said you know what we didn't really have to you know <laughs> R- rio and k Youth league really did a lot of uh, a lot of the parenting for us and um you know teaching v- values and character and um you know, being on those summer trips and being away from home and learning to, you know, survive on your own and um, keep things organized and neat and all those um, all those life lessons that I th- I think anyone that um, comes out of Rio takes away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the interesting thing, especially now, listening to um, this podcast with all the you know alumni that you that you interview is. Gen- you could really have a conversation with anyone from any generation of going to Rio, and you can just hit it off just like that. I mean, um, I'll talk to you know my brother's friends who are quite a bit older, our coaches, and just hearing hearing stories and stories of trips and sports, and um, <laughs> it really is um, a place that you can um, meet someone that went to Rio Hondo Prep, and you immediately have. So much in common.
1: Yeah, that's really well said. I mean, you, you pick up right where you left off, but also if you've never met before, you can uh, talk about similar things that you guys experience. I think that's something very special about the school and the program overall. Uh, it's something It really speaks, uh, it says, speaks volumes, we'll say, about the, uh, the students and the leaders there and everything. It's just incredible stuff. Uh, well, Taylor, you had the opportunity in 2005 as a sophomore to be a member of uh, the first 11-man championship in Rio Hondo Prep history, uh, that team was uh, my brother's senior class. Uh, that was a special group of guys. We've talked to them. We've talked to Bill Lee, their their uh, their coach, strength and conditioning coach. Uh, we've we've chatted about that year a lot. Um, but for you, as a sophomore, kind of playing with these this group of seniors that were so dedicated, were so. Uh, you know, I hate I hate hate saying this even, but they they were overachievers, big time. And you know, what what were your thoughts of that year specifically as a sophomore and being on that team, getting an opportunity to, uh, you know, have another Dinius on a, a championship banner?
0: Well, yeah, you you mentioned that the brothers have uh, we have six championships, but only one of those are an eleven man title. So I'm uh, I'm rather rather proud of that one. Um, <laughs> But um, as a sophomore on that team, um, it was it was Trevor and I as sophomores from the beginning of the season, and um, you know that senior class was dedicated because they went through some turmoil. They lost the finals before, so they were on a whole nother level of commitment. You know, there was like, similar to our class. There was a lot of um, boys in that class. The junior class at class at the time was a little bit smaller group, so um, so it was greatly um, there was a, a a lot of seniors to kind of um, show us the ropes, especially as sophomores um, and being on varsity for our first time, and um, I would say learning the tradition and the work ethic and the commitment to anything. And I mean, it happened to be football that year, but um, that commitment and that sacrifice, when we talked about, you know, Mr., Mr. Bill Lee being our strength and conditioning coach, I have never, um, I have never ran, worked out that much in my, in my life. I mean, I think, I think we... You know, Mr. Lee left after that year, was with us a little bit. He was with us as, as juniors, but definitely not as intense as that, uh, that sophomore year. Um, after winning the championship, I'll remember it very uh, clearly. We were in the bus on the way back to Rio, and John Collins kind of looked at us all and said, you, you guys are playing with house money now. You got your championship. Like, you, whatever you do from here on out, it's, it's gravy. Um, but luckily that was the case because we moved up divisions and got knocked out the first round of the next two years. But, um, but yeah, just a, a great group of, group of guys and a, a really special year for sure.
1: Yeah, you, you guys were great contributors to that team and it, man, it, it still feels like yesterday. I'm so proud of my brother and, and those group of guys. Bill Lee, I've talked to him a few times in person and, and obviously on this podcast so fun to reflect on that time. I think it really helped um kick off the Rio Excellence at the 11 man era. I I'm proud that we were the very first class to play 11 man football at Rio. Um we we did we did pretty well, but we fell short and then there there was some years there where it was kind of like okay, there's transition, you got to learn and then um the year the year prior, the 2014 that came up just short in the finals. That team really, I think established a, a level of, of potential dominance and then with you guys and that 2005 team to, to finally hang a banner after it's, it felt like forever four years without yeah. a cif championship at rio is just too long you know what i mean
0: yeah you talk about overachievers you look at that 2004 team and the amount of just athletic talent on that team really compared to 2005 was um, was through the roof so mm-hmm. yes Um, their dedication really, uh, really was needed um, to win that CAF title.
1: Was there a point during the season where, you know, you're, you're a sophomore with these guys that you really realized that, okay, this is, this is different than JV football. This is different than eighth grade football. Uh, This is varsity football. And uh, a lot is being expected of me from my coaches and my teammates, any specific situation or instance Really, throughout that season for you,
0: um, I think it. I think it was right off the bat. You know, our first game was out at Malibu, and it's. I, I had played the scrimmage um, with the JV the week before. Um, I wasn't with the varsity that uh, that scrimmage prep league scrimmage week. Um, so when when we got out there and started playing, it quickly. I quickly realized this is uh, this is another ball game um, for sure. Uh, just the just the speed of the game um you know i was playing um, i ended up i ended up starting that first first game due to um, some injuries um, so playing uh playing nose guard um, for my first uh, uh varsity game was uh, quite intense to say the least <laughs> you know I, especially- especially because you know growing up i 'd watched varsity football at rio my my whole life since i was you know, a toddler. Mm-hmm. So, to actually get out there and start playing, it was uh, it was kind of surreal.
1: <laughs> well, I know your brothers are very proud of you. Your your parents are very proud of you. Carry on the uh, the tradition. I, I could still see the Dinius family up on the stands watching watching you uh, you play those those years. Some great times, uh, outstanding stuff. And you know, kind of a small little connection, Taylor, where it really shows how small the world is. Um, our our mothers actually worked together, or at least crossed paths. In their work, uh, my mom worked for Bank of America for a long time, and uh, your your mom, I don't know how long she worked for B of A, but I do remember they worked together. And my mom telling me, "Yeah, I, I worked with Mrs. Dinius. I see her." And it's just crazy to think that, you know, what uh, the world is really small, and it's just crazy stuff when you when you hear stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think we I think we knew each other for a long time before we even realized, or um, yeah. or our moms realized that they worked together. Um, yeah because my mom was more out in the field working on ATM machines and your mom was more in the office and uh, on the corporate side of things so uh.
1: <laughs> very cool very cool so, I mean yeah this again uh, so many memories so many thoughts you think about uh, and looking back and yeah just uh, just amazing stuff well let's talk about after high school uh, Taylor uh, you know Unfortunately, football ends, uh, sports ends, high school ends, and that's a good thing, but at the same time, a lot of the things that you're never going to do again um, uh, are behind you, and you're like, "Man, wh- what now?" So what ultimately took you in the direction that you're currently in with uh, the athletic training department? did that just did you stumble upon it? Did you uh, take a few classes at college and and think to yourself, "Oh, this would be a good fit for me? Did you try something else?" and uh, go another direction what was kind of your story
0: yeah so i um i went to mount Sac. so I'll go back a little bit um my jason ended up um interning at mount Sac in 07 when i was a senior um, as an athletic trainer for the football program so i went to a couple games um and you know living in azusa mount Sac wasn't that far away I figured I didn't have any big plans for college. What I wanted to do, I would just go to a JC for a little bit. Um, so my freshman year of college, go to Mount SAC, um, start trying to figure out what I truly want to do. Um, I looked at some law enforcement um, law enforcement routes. Um, I took a couple of classes. Still, still nothing really until. Um, I was actually hanging out with um, Kevin Scarpio one day, and he's uh, and he was also interning at that time as a Mount SAC student for the athletic training department. He said, "Why don't you just, why don't you reach out to?" Um, at the time, his name was Pop, his nickname was Papa Pete, which was the equipment manager at Mount SAC for football. And i had always, I'd always wanted to stay around sports. Um, you know, growing up in care and Rio, sports are a big part of your life. Um, But I did not see myself or want to go the medical route into sports, like my brother, like Kevin's, like my now fiance's athletic trainer at Cerritos College. Um, I I couldn't see myself um, doing that part of it. And I had always been, you know, interested in sports management and um, all kinds of different ways. You know, I was the kid that um, would watch – you know, the NCAA tournament and wonder who grabbed the ladder for, uh, to take down the net. I was that, I was that kid. Um, So, so I ended up just reaching out to uh, Papa Pete and we, uh, I met with them. I, my first season was 09 with the Mount SAC uh, as an intern uh, for Mount SAC football. We ended up winning a national championship that year. Um, So I enjoyed it. Come back the next year. We go undefeated and win another one. Um, and then I just got my general ed done at Mount SAC. Um, I was I was kind of at a at, at a crossroads as I was finishing my um, degree at Mount SAC and and looking to transfer out. I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach um, to join their recreation program. Um, but I still still was volunteering working for the football staff so I ended up being there for four years um, volunteering for them until Papa Pete at the time um, ended up re retiring and I knew everyone I knew the process Um, I was still pretty young for the position a lot of our a lot of our players at that time were even older than me Um, but I applied for the job and I got it and so i 've been there seven years now full time and have have seen a lot of uh, a lot of athletes come and go a lot of championship teams and it 's been it 's been really fun
1: so take me into kind of the everyday uh, work life of of the type of work you 're doing we obviously we all see this stuff on Saturday afternoons when you have a football game. We understand setting up. Uh, everything that needs to be set up and kind of making things go, but take us to the other days of the week, maybe take us into some other sports that you work with Uh, kind of some, what are your everyday responsibilities uh, that you're doing over there at Mount SAC athletics?
0: Yeah. So as you said, um, football, college football on game day is kind of the reward of the job. Um, We, We work a lot throughout the week Um, we do some of the uh, some of the not fun duties you know a lot of laundry um, a lot of you know repairs on helmets um, facility jobs you know uh, keeping track of you know the sanitation the facility and sanitizing equipment things like that Um, we're also in charge of or all the gear so anything you see on a coach an athlete um, on the field or just at practice we're in charge of that and maintaining um, those inventories and just um, uh, uh, anything equipment as a whole um, we're responsible for Um, being at Mount Sac we're fortunate in that we have four people in my position Um, I'm currently working in the stadium um, so I take care of football track and field and cross country and all the special events that come with uh, trek and cross country at Mount SAC, such as the Mount SAC relays, cross country invitational. Um, so again, with those, uh, with those teams, just uh, a lot of laundry and a, um, a lot of laundry for sure.
1: How's that new stadium at Mount SAC? It looks pretty cool.
0: It's, it's unbelievable. It, yeah. So um, over the last four years, we've been building a new, um, stadium facility at Mount Sac at a price tag of close to a hundred million dollars um, with a local bond and also um, a lot of support from our administration and so the stadium was set to open this year which is a bummer um, that uh, COVID hit and we haven't been able to fully uh, christen christen it yet um, but beautiful beautiful facility and we're actually at Mount Sac Building a new gym, aquatics, and student wellness center. That's going. That's construction's already started. Luckily, with COVID and students being off campus, they've already started that construction. So, um, a lot of stuff going on um, with the facilities for sure.
1: Man, that's that's really cool stuff. And and if you can tell me about football, I mean Mount SAC is known for their football program. They're nationally known. Uh, national championships, state championships. They're always in the mix. They get great athletes, have a great coaching staff. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on really being there on game day? And uh, especially when you first started and seeing like, I mean, cause some people are like, Oh, it's junior college. But when I was officiating, it always jumped out to me. I was like, Oh, you can call this whatever you want, but there's some pretty amazing talent out here. Some division one talent. Uh, they're here for a reason, but uh, I just remember being, yeah, college football. Uh, even it's JC is just totally different. So, any specific kind of memories or or moments really where you kind of understood, man, this is a big deal. Like even though it's JC, it's college football.
0: Yeah. So when uh, when Jason was an athletic training uh, intern, I went to a game like I said in in high school, and I was just blown away. Like it <laughs> it was. It, it was unreal. I mean, I think it was an overtime game against El Camino. And, you know, that was the, at the height of Mount Sac and, you know, SoCal um, junior college football for sure. And it was just incredible to watch. So when I started interning and I walked out for that first game and I was, you know, around the athletes and around the team, it's... it. It's it's hard to explain because if you've ever if you've never seen a junior college football game, it's 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 a sight. It's it's on the verge of being chaotic and out of control most of the time. Um, a lot a lot a lot of fights a lot of fights involved. But besides that, just great great athletes. You know, Bruce Ir- Bruce Irvin was on that team in '09, and he's been in the NFL for going on ten years now. With the Seahawks and the Raiders, um, so a lot of great athletes have come through. It's fun to uh, see those see those athletes move on to the next level, and you know, see them on Saturdays at Utah or UCLA or SC. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, we treat it as a stepping stone for them. We want them to get out. That's what the goal is: is to get to a Division One or. Um, you know, a D2 where they can get their education paid for and football provides a great opportunity for that to
1: happen. Definitely. And Bob Jostrap is the head coach there. He's been there a long time. He does a great job. I remember he was one of the coaches I always appreciated working for because uh, as an official, you know, you're going to have your disagreements. You're going to have your mess ups too. And when Bob was always someone you could communicate with, he would be He would be fired up, but not out of control. You know, he had control of his guys too, which is something I always appreciated. legendary coach there. Uh, And and what can you tell me, Taylor, about really some of the – you're dealing with 18, 19, 20-year-olds, you know, who – go to you because they need things i'm sure or even coaches coaches i'm sure they're focused on winning uh, a game i'm sure they can be i don't know another term except needy what you got any stories of of players or coaches kind of uh being a little demanding from you or maybe asking some stupid questions i don't know just anything
0: uh, There, <laughs> um stupid questions or are, uh, are not hard to come by um, on a <laughs> at a junior college uh on a junior college football team uh i'm I'm trying to think because there's uh there's really so many of them and how you know the the worst saying for a, a equipment manager and specifically football is the um the look good feel good play good quote yeah yeah so you know we're we're at a junior college our you know, our budgets are, our budgets are limited. We could, you know, uh, my, my first, um, priority is to keep our athletes safe. And, uh, that's not always, um, the priority of the athlete themselves, whether it be, whether, whether it be, you know, smaller shoulder pads or a different face mask or helmet. Um, so, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of back and forth with what is, safe and going to protect them and what is just there for aesthetics and to look good
1: i totally understand what you mean i don't know how many times we had to tell players uh cover your knees please put your knee pads over your knees <laughs> uh you know stuff like that uh stuff hanging out of the jerseys uh mouth guards i mean everything's got to be cool these days right uh for whatever reason i i can't imagine because that's the thing if a guy does get injured you know, they're going to go to you. Hey, you didn't protect him. Well, it's like, well, maybe you didn't wear his stuff right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or, um, or just a story that popped in my head last year, our starting running back that, um, was committed to UCLA forgets his, uh, helmet back at school on the, on the the biggest game of the year. So uh, things like that. And, you know, comes to you and out of the, out of the track and says, Ted, I, I don't know where my helmet is Uh, like, Oh, well, great. And, and, and yes, it's my job to fix those problems, but um, that's typically not a problem that you, uh, you want to hear or have.
1: (laughs) Makes you think back to the days when you a kid or playing in high school, where you have to carry your own stuff and like be responsible. It's like, you almost think, man, did you not ever do this stuff before? Did someone carry it for you? Like, (laughs) come on, man. How do you forget your helmet? That's unbelievable. Oh, you might need that thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. just might need that thing. Well, real quick, I mean, it's unfortunate that this whole COVID thing has really hurt a lot of people's lives, Uh, the lockdown, just not being able to work. What's it been like the past few months for you guys uh, not really having athletics to be a part of at Mount SAC? And in looking forward, I think they're planning on a spring season, uh, February or March or somewhere in there. And, you know, kind of as far as football goes, I don't know about the other sports. I mean, what are your thoughts on what this past few months have been like with lockdown and then looking forward, kind of what do you see as some of the challenges?
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been tough to say the least, you know, early on it was the unknown, you know, we, we would hurry up and wait. We would figure out (laughs) plans for how we were going to approach things. And then those plans fell through or, um, but since the, um, the triple CAA has, you know, pushed all fall sports to that first half of spring. So January through April, and then the traditional spring sports being April through June, we're looking at a really condensed, uh, condensed schedule. And it's when, when and if we do um, get back to school, it's going to be, it's going to be quite stressful and high pace for sure. Rolling all of those into a four or five month period. but yeah, we we at Mount Sac are very blessed in that we have the support of our administration and our district. Um, so no one's been no one's been furloughed or anything like that. We're just working remotely on any projects um, on any projects we can um, until we can get back onto campus.
1: This is something I kind of just thought about with junior college football is you know them pushing it into the springtime that's got to be a real challenge because most division one football is playing right now. They're going to have their regular calendar when it's all said and done. And if you're a junior college football player playing February, March, April, I mean, yeah, it's a catch 22 really, because for a lot of those guys, they need the film. They need to see the reps of their plays, their performance on film to get a shot somewhere else, division one. But at the same time, you kind of run the risk there also of getting hurt where college football division one level or or any level. I mean, if you finish in April, you're going to have to turn right around and start another season basically in in the, in the summer right after. So it's gotta be tough for those uh, football players in junior college, again, needing the film, needing uh, to get on film uh, their freshman or sophomore year. But ultimately that, like you said, the goal is to get out of there and to get to division one or other levels So isn't that a challenge really for guys?
0: Absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of guys um, that are sitting home wherever they're from, Florida or Virginia, just waiting. Just waiting to – you know, their plan was to come out to California and play football. So they're just waiting till we open back up and um, come out here. But a big – and, yes, there's definitely – I think there's health questions – both with a limited um, off season going going into going into spring, not having any real off-season conditioning other than what they can do, you know, at home with their limited resources. Um, but yes, definitely if if you're talking about an injury that is one of those season enders, um, that's definitely gonna push you into the following following football season. Um, one other issue that We we see coming is the fact that all NCAA players, um, no matter what happens this year, are getting their um, year of eligibility back. Mm -hmm. So if you look at all the high school players coming in, um, not getting, you know, there being less room on um, scholarships at those at those other schools because no one's no one's ending their senior year or leaving because they get another year. Um, I think we can see a big influx of um, athletes kind of being in limbo, stuck at the junior college level.
1: That's really well said. I, you know, well put and think about, you know, a potential log jam really with seniors going into college and guys at just different levels. It's always a trickle down effect. There's always something going on and it's going to be a real challenge for uh, football players uh, here in Southern California, especially moving forward. Uh, I know, the uh, the best guys will rise to the top, and and whoever handles it best is gonna is gonna be the most successful. Um, but as far as uh, really looking forward for for Mount Sac Taylor, what are some of the goals uh, that you're currently at? I'm sure you enjoy your time right now. Um, you talked about challenges and everything. What are some maybe some goals or some dreams uh, as far as the career you're doing? Do you see yourself at Mount Sac a long time, or is there kind of maybe some potential? other opportunities you wouldn't mind doing down the road?
0: Um, yeah, the interesting thing about um, being in the position that I am at a junior college is, um, and in the junior college system, is our benefits are great, um, our salaries are good compared to, you know, other, even even like Division One and professional teams. If you're not a head equipment manager in charge of, you know, all sports, um, their assistant salaries aren't aren't great. You have to travel. Um, it's not really conducive to having a family life for sure. So, um, while it would be fun to, um, to push and go to a, go to a bigger college. Um, I don't see that in my, in, in the cards right now. Um, but at Mount Sac, like I said, we're building a lot of new facilities, um, and have a lot of support from, um, our board and our, our administration. So I I do see a lot of um, possibilities to grow, and um, mm-hmm. not only in the athletics um, part of things, but our kinesiology department, and um, possibly in um, event services and facilities. That that route for that whole um, that whole new athletic complex because it's a lot of square footage. It's a lot of moving parts. Um, and we will need someone to, uh, to manage it in time. So that's my, that's my short, um, <laughs> my, my short answer to my career goals.
1: Yeah. No, well, but, you know what? Oh, go ahead.
0: But I will say, yeah, Mount Sac is a, a great place to be. Um, so I, I don't do not see myself leaving anytime soon.
1: <laughs> it's uh you know, it seems like they're doing a lot of right things and they're heading in the right direction. Uh yeah, the athletics has always been a priority there and it's not the case in other places. And you're right about the community college thing. I think Kevin Scarpio mentioned that about, you know, he works high school now and, and it's, is really not a huge pay difference in in working other levels of things. So you got to find what works for you. And it sounds like you've really found something that works for you. You're at a good place and you have a lot to do with a lot of the success and the, uh, the moving in the right direction, we'll say with Mount SAC and their athletics um, well, one thing you mentioned also off the air was that you 've actually done some work with some studios, some uh, commercials, if you will, as a kind of an equipment consultant. What can you tell us about your experiences uh what, 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 can I start calling you hollywood what uh, you know what 's that all about
0: um yeah so i've had the opportunity um, through through someone um, that my old supervisor Papa Pete had um, to work uh, with commercials and TV shows um, in in Hollywood as a uh, football equipment consultant, so I pretty much do the same thing I do in my in my day job. Um, I fit the actors and the extras for football equipment, make sure everything looks dialed in on set I um, have the opportunity to work. A couple big shoots uh, from Microsoft and Nike with um, Calvin Johnson and Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Um, some of those have been uh, Adam Benetary. Some of those have been really really fun to be a part of. Um, had an opportunity to work uh, for Key and Peele um, a while back and Modern Family and the show Blackish. Um, but it 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 is a it is a fun and. Um, eye-opening experience i should say
1: that is that is so cool man (laughs) uh kind of behind the scenes making making the magic happen uh if you will uh very cool stuff uh i don't know about driving well did did you have to go to hollywood for all this stuff or was there some kind of off off-site locations
0: uh typically we're um i mean some depending on the scene we were down at qualcomm for for a shoot um okay the old stub hub um center and coliseum for another one so we and also um a lot of junior colleges college of the canyons uh long beach veteran stadium hosts a lot of shoots um so just anywhere they could get a hold of a stadium or a field that they they see that fits uh what they're trying to accomplish in the (laughs) shoot
1: It's always fun for me being having been around all these different community colleges and other uh, universities here in Southern California and, and seeing that uh, you know, anytime you see a commercial, I'm like, Oh wait, where is that? Is that Cal State Fullerton? No, that's college of the canyons. Oh, that's LA Valley. Like, Uh, you know they try to make it seem like it's this other place and it's like no i know where that is i know where that is hollywood don't don't try to pull a fast one on me um yeah oh go ahead
0: uh, uh, long beach Veterans stadium that's fansville right now yeah Yeah. i saw that dr
1: pepper i was like wait a minute yeah (laughs) yeah do do you think this is something you will continue to do uh down the road even on a part-time basis or anything
0: oh definitely um yeah the the guy that i work with um he owns a company called Hollywood Football Headquarters, and he has a lot of equipment that he rents out. So there's a lot of, a lot of work to be done to you know, paint helmets, um, to specific colors for the shoots, and, uh, and he, he rents them out. And then with those contracts, he's also able to get coordination jobs. So he actually coordinates the football scenes, the the plays that are going on, and then um, has the ability to hire me on as an equipment manager on set
1: awesome well if you ever need a referee to come stand around and uh, you know do nothing like we you guys think we normally do i'm all in uh with, oh. whatever you need well all this equipment taylor you've had to uh keep track of and uh you know get, get to the athletes and everything but uh i guess recently i didn't talk to you about this but recently there was a piece of equipment that you uh, was rather important it sounds like and uh in a recent engagement congratulations on that with the the young lady uh what what can you tell us about uh getting engaged i'm very happy for you it
0: it it was exciting definitely (laughs) definitely definitely exciting um we were set to set to be married um in may which uh, unfortunately did not work out Mm -hmm. and we we have not done the done the whole eloping process so we're (laughs) we're pushing it we're pushing it for a year um so we have a, a new date set in june um but yeah, trying to uh, keep track of a wedding during a pandemic is uh, um, quite taxing, I would say.
1: <laughs> I bet, man. Well, <laughs> you said she's an athletic trainer.
0: Yeah, she's an athletic trainer for Cerritos College.
1: Okay, sports. So just a sports family you're gonna end up uh, having here. Right? Very fitting. Very fitting. I think that's that is very awesome. I wish you nothing but success uh, to you and to her. That it's been amazing, really catching up with you, chatting about. Uh, sports from a little different perspective, which is something I always like kind of behind the scenes and things like that. Any, any uh, parting thoughts, Taylor, as we kind of wrap it up, anything you wanted to bring up or anything?
0: Uh, Not too much. Just appreciate what you're doing. Um, It's good to hear, hear about and from people that, you know, are in the, in the past. (laughs) You think, Oh man, I should reach out to him and just, you know, grab some lunch and catch up. You know, it's, it's been a while. So I appreciate you for doing this.
1: Oh, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, it was nice to talk with you rather than just passing each other at a football game, you know, each having to yeah. go do our own stuff. So uh, really cool stuff. Uh, thank you. Uh, so many good memories. Eighth grade for you. You're high- watching you in high school, seeing you uh, as an equipment manager in the athletic field, uh, and now all grown up and engaged. I mean, this is awesome, dude. So I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for coming on today. And uh, yeah, let's, let's talk real soon or get together sometime soon. That'd be great. Definitely. Definitely. Thank All you, All right. Man. You got it, man. Thank you so much, Taylor Dinius, for joining us on Tuesday and getting us going on another great week of episodes. For those of you who have not tuned in recently, we had a fun episode with Brian Earls yesterday on the get home safe podcast. He- College football official. Be sure to check that one out. But also, thank you for joining us today to listen to Taylor Dinius and hear some stories, some memories, really, of the days at Real Hondo Prep and also uh, his career as uh, an equipment manager in the college uh, athletics world. And uh, nothing but continued success, Taylor. Congrats again on the engagement. So much fun uh, chatting with you. My best to your brothers, to your parents, to the family. Uh, Great people, the Dinius family. And uh, hope to chat with you again very soon. Well, guys, tomorrow is Wednesday, and of course, Wednesdays mean Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Bill Barnes is a retired police officer and a retired college baseball umpire. He's here every single Wednesday. We've had some logistic issues recently where we had to move things around, but Bill's here every Wednesday, our only weekly guest. Uh, We've been recording with Bill on Tuesdays and posting usually on Wednesday morning. However... Tomorrow, There are some changes to the programming. Uh, We are going to have the Bill Barnes uh, weekly Wednesday weigh-in. But what we are going to do is Bill and I are going to record actually Wednesday morning, very similar to what you heard today with Taylor and I recording Tuesday morning and then getting the episode out on uh, Wednesday, probably around noon, give or take, is is the time frame. main reason we're doing that is the presidential debate. I know bill's going to watch it and have some opinions regarding it. So he'll be watching the presidential debate Tuesday night. And then he and I will kind of talk about that. Uh, A lot of the things that were, uh, we saw on Tuesday night uh, in our, in our Wednesday episode, we're going to try to record Wednesday morning, grab some coffee and uh, just get after it. If you have questions for bill, I've already seen a few that were sent in. Make sure you send in your questions, email us, um, questions, comments, whatever, uh, by tomorrow morning, probably around 8 or 9 a.m., and uh, they should be able to uh, be read to Bill in a timely, timely manner, and uh, we'll talk about it all. So if you have any questions or comments from the presidential debate on Tuesday night, be sure to email us with your thoughts, your questions, whatever, and we'll, we'll try to get to all that. So that's kind of a rundown as to what Bill Barnes and I have in store for our weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Uh, We might make adjustments later on, but for now, with Bill's work schedule, my work schedule, we're going to put out an episode on Wednesday about noon. He could always get called into work. He has his new security job, and he's kind of on call all the time. So things could change, but please bear with us. Know that Bill and I are working out our schedules. And if anything else changes uh, on this program, one thing I want us to have is the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. Whether we record on a Sunday, a Monday, whatever, we want to put out an episode on Wednesdays for you guys. Uh, The the Bill Barnes fan club I know is growing. He's not for everybody. I'll I'll warn people who have listened to this show uh, and those who have not listened to this show, I should say, Bill Barnes is a little extreme. Very strong opinions. Has some heavy language. Um, you may not agree with everything he says. I sure, I certainly don't. I agree with a lot of what he says. And I usually open up, uh, you know, my my thoughts and, and opinions a little bit more on Wednesdays as well. Because uh, you know, if you, when in Rome, if you're with Bill Barnes, how could you not? So that's the plan. Be sure to uh, send in questions to Bill if you have any. And uh, looking forward to you guys joining us on Wednesday. As always, there's many ways to follow the Get Home Safe Podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at Yahoo.com. We've received a few questions already for Bill Barnes and myself, but that's where you uh, can reach us, the best place to keep everything organized. But if you contact us through social media, that works too. The main reason for social media is for us to promote our episode to tell you who's coming on the program the next day kind of some topics we're gonna we're gonna discuss and also give you guys a face with a voice really we also post our episodes there just so if you're scrolling through facebook you can be like oh yeah the get home safe podcast had a uh, episode out today so that's why we do those things but if you want to reach out to us through there uh by all means do so give us a like on facebook uh, give us a follow on twitter we'd greatly appreciate it also, additionally, at the bottom of the episode notes, you can see there is a link for a voice message. If you want to have your voice heard on the Get Home Safe podcast, you don't really have time to do an interview, you can send in a voice message, much like a caller calling into a show. We can play that uh, recording and then answer accordingly. It is a one-minute limit, so have your topic of information ready to go. And if you don't want to have your voice heard, well, you know where to reach us. You can email us, and we would love to hear from you, just like you hear from us Monday through Friday as of now on the Get Home Safe podcast. If we do condense the show and moving forward, I'm thinking it may go to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format but we will keep you posted if that changes. As of now, we are two days in. We've had two episodes. We will have our third on Wednesday with Bill Barnes tomorrow. Still working on Thursday and Friday, but uh, we'll see what happens. Keep an eye out on social media. And uh, again, if you'd like to reach us, uh, you know where you know where to do so. We hope we hear from you. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's show. Thanks again, Taylor Dinius, for joining us on a Tuesday. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, Get home safe.